This is Paul Robinson. You're listening to Starseed, an intrepid adventure with Mark Glenn Moore. In this podcast episode, we are in the second part of our discussion with Paul Hynek, son of Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was put in charge of Project Blue Book by the U.S. Air Force to investigate the UFO phenomena. So, and it, my question is, uh, if Paul comes up with a question, it, it's a little bit slippery because it, if it's a question that is so abstract or something that only the Pleiadians would know, then it, then in a way it's worthless too. It's got to be something that's kind of an outside question that almost only these guys would know, right? So it's like, it, it, it's something that maybe yeah. is not... right. right. Is not verifiable via Google. Oh, I, right. You know, I'm I, I want to jump in again. So, Paul, I want to add something. Yeah. You know, my, yeah. my my experience started when I was five, and when I was brought up uh, on specifically the Bolivian spaceships, there were other children there, and and there were adults too, and we were all there for an education. You know, that was the premise. We were being taught things, and that went on for a number of years through my childhood, through my teens primarily most of it happened from five to about 18 and then it's been sporadic and and different random things have been happening as an adult so i know i know there were other people like me getting that kind of education and and, you know how much i brought forward i don't know i most of it's probably hidden somewhere in my brain Mm -hmm. um but i know there's other people that were there yeah, you know, Paul might know where those people are. And I, I would like this. The reason I did this podcast, because I've really never spoken about these events to anybody at any length of time, because it's, ha- it's not very popular uh, for me, at least. Um, but I, uh, through this podcast, I want to try to connect and find those people. Yeah. If you can align stories, then that's the kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if answers come back and potentially can trigger something that was unexpected, meaning that there's no way that, where did that come from? Right. Right. Where did that one little granule of, of information, you know, who, and I'd like to offer experience. It's unrelated, but it's going to try to kind of explain my point. There was one day I was sitting in my living room uh, in, in San Anselmo and I was staring out the window and, and all of a sudden, um, a ceram- um, no, it was a, a stone carved turtle from Mexico, only about two inches, popped off the ledge about six, eight inches in the air and landed on its back. So in my life, when something like that happens, an object moves by itself, I pay attention. So I walked over and I looked at that turtle, you know, and I bought it, right? But it's just been sitting on the shelf for 10 years, whatever. It's, I, I haven't moved it. And it just popped up and fell on its back. And I looked at my wife at the time. And I said, uh-oh, something just happened. And then I got the call that my aunt died, my great aunt died. Oh. And at the funeral, they, the children told the story how the turtle was their secret code word for each other. Oh. And so those are two completely unrelated events as far as I'm concerned. And then at the funeral, I relayed the story. I said, well, you wouldn't believe it before I got the call. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and and of course half the people don't believe me but i was there so that's kind of my analogy in a different way is is that there is synchronicity going on 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 levels i don't i don't fully understand but but i see it happening so there's um several things i want to pick up that you mentioned both you guys uh mark you mentioned that you know that incident with the turtle the first thing i thought of was carl young's scarab beetle right <clears throat> then i thought about in my family when you said turtle my ears picked up because that's the totem animal spirit animal for my father Oh, really? Yeah. Now that's interesting because when we were on the phone, that's the story I wanted to tell you. That is interesting Ah, all by itself. But I didn't tell you on the phone. I'm telling you now. Yeah. So my father loved animals, but he never learned how to pet a dog and a cat. He would always pet them against the scruff. Wow. You know, be too familiar before they're comfortable. Wow. But. He could pick up a turtle, and that turtle's not going anywhere. Wow. The turtle and, loves him. <laughs> that's great. Right. And one of his happiest days was his birthday when my oldest brother, Scott, went to the zoo in Chicago and traded to, like, the assistant zookeeper his motorcycle for a great big tortoise. Wow. <laughs> so my father comes home, and there's a great big tortoise, in a Mr. <laughs> Perfect. in the house. And yeah. he, he, he was like a little kid. Now, that was not practical, so they took it back. But that's an example of my father with turtles. Right. Then, uh, Paul, you mentioned, I think, a very good idea that another element to this information is not only that it's beyond like the purview of a human, but that it is not Googleable at all. That's a really, that's a fascinating, I think, aspect to that information. So one of the people who was at that conference was an older German woman. And I don't know if you spoke with her. She was not a speaker. And very down to earth, very practical, highly credible, I felt. And she related matter-of-factly that her job, as she claims, is to be nanny for approximately, well, not just her, but that she is one of the nannies for a hundred human-alien hybrid babies on a spaceship. Wow. And, and she was pretty credible? I mean, you said a matter of fact, huh? Yeah, and I asked her a lot of questions, you know, uh, respectfully, but also kind of uh, good-naturedly, you know, sort of fun. You know, like, how? what's the commute like? How do you get there? Right. Are they... All the practical uh, aspects of that, yeah. Yeah, and the aliens, are they... Have you know, there are different kinds, and not like one species. Do you have personal relationships with them? Do you have a union? Um, do, are, are, are you happy? Are, are, is this, you know, is this willing? 
And she said, of course, this is what gives me meaning. I, I don't want to be on earth anymore. I have no more purpose here. I want to stay there, but they want me to be here. And, you know, I would ask her questions and you could see like her eyes would go off to one angle to sort of recall a visual memory. And she would, she didn't embellish the answers with much. She would give like the appropriate responses. She wasn't speaking loudly to attract a crowd. Uh, just a lot of things you'd look for in someone to make you feel like, eh, okay, you know, I, I can't rule this out right away. And uh, at, at the end, I asked her, because there was another person in the conference who made this offer, I said, could I possibly go on the ship? And she said, oh, I think so. Hi, this is Sandy with Olanapua here in Maui, Hawaii. I own an Ocean View penthouse studio condo here at the beautiful Kanapali Shores Resort in West Maui. This oceanfront property has two pools, a restaurant, a full bar, a day spa, and on-site activity planners who will book your day trips all over the island. In addition to walking distance food shops, the resort is located just a 15-minute drive to the town of Lahaina, where you will find plenty of restaurants, shops, and live music. To check room rates and availability for your Hawaiian getaway at Aston Kanapali Shores, Unit 936, go to Hope to see you there. Aloha. So I've been waiting to hear from her. But, you know, with what you related, Mark, this woman, uh, just fantastic story in such a, not effortless, but uh, credible and solid fashion. And, you know, at one point I sort of stepped back. And as you can imagine, I've heard a lot of, experiences in my life and I stepped back and I said look here I'm talking with like a, a 79 year old German woman who I've never met before who is a nanny for a hundred human alien babies she she came off very genuine she did and if you know had we not been talking about we could have been talking about a new yarn from some company in Scotland that's got great properties it could have been something very prosaic yeah um so well, when, when Paul Robinson and I started, do we lose him? I'm here. Okay. Okay. When Paul Robinson and I started, to, I actually approached Paul and said, here's the subject matter. Are you comfortable with this? Right. I, I had to get at least a, a kind of a half a nod. I, I, and, I was producing a music. Uh, yeah. We've been working together on, on my, my record, record for him. And, and, and my, I, my eighth record. And he mentioned this. So I'm, I've had some experiences. Would you be comfortable talking about that and I said okay try, yeah it's, it's try time me. for me to talk about it and, right. and I want to do it in a podcast it's it's a great great way to reflect back to me how it sounds you know how crazy does yeah. this yeah right but Paul right. asked me so are these alien people are they here to eat us and I said no Paul there's a lot of things to eat in the universe I I do not believe they're here specifically to eat us they're after our genetic material. 
Yeah, obviously he didn't see War of the Worlds. They're, they're after our genetic <laughs> material for survival. Right. And so this kind of thing is happening. And it's happening at multiple levels for just the survival of some species. And it's happening for the evolution of others. Right. And some of it's happening against people's will and some of it's happening with cooperation. Well, I, your answer was a little bit disconcerting, Mark, because you said <laughs> not they're everywhere. not here specifically to I eat know. us. Right. Well, it could accidentally you mistake it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'll try not to be funny. But uh, um, no, I, I do not believe. Well, I can't speak for all. Right. You're, you're, you're I, I have my experiences, Paul. I don't have all yeah. of them. I just have mine. You're, ben, you're speaking primarily for the Pleiadians, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm speaking uh, from yeah the different alien groups that I have inter connected with <laughs> um, have different agendas. And uh, us for food. I don't think it's at the top of the list. So it's, uh, but, but the, but the <laughs> I don't know how to say it better. You were enlisted primarily by play, play right? Uh, they protect me pretty much. Yeah, they're 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 guides. Their teachers are guides, and yeah. Right. And do and do are you contacted by any other races? I have been. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I I'm not. I've told some of the stories in the podcast, and we can talk about it later. But going back to the point, um, I, I've seen that, so I know what you're talking about. And, I've, you know, I've my, seen that. My, my feeling in general is, if there is a entity or entities coming from another planet or another dimension and they come here almost by necessity it means that they have far superior technology yeah and if that's the case if they had demonstrably malevolent intent yeah. we would know immediately like, gone already you, right right you see two dogs interacting in the alley yeah. Right. If you have to ask if they're fighting or playing, they're playing. Right. Yeah, that seems to be the general theory that, yeah, the, because of the examples from this experiencers, right. um, that it, it seems evident or the basic premise is, is that we could have been taken out in a second if that's the agenda. Yeah, and, they, they, oh, had yeah. The they had the technology to get here, right? Yeah, it's, we'd be on the Barbie already. Thanks for listening. For more of An Intrepid Adventure, go to markglenmore.com. This has been a Paul Robinson production. See you soon.